of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And I am so very glad, once again, to have you fine folks here with me again, listening, I'm quite certain, with bated breath to see what it is that this crazy, wild man behind the microphone is going to say next. And, yes, I'll admit, there's no telling. Uh, I'm just unpredictable that way. Unless you've been a long-time listener, and then you probably gotten pretty good at predicting what I have to say, depending on what the story of the day may be. And I found some... Well, I was going to say I found some good ones, but I'm going to say I found some doozies today. How's that? Uh, we're going to jump right into things because, hey, there is nothing, nothing that's going to keep me from completing at least the four primary stories that I want to discuss with you today. Uh, except, of course, possibly me rambling on a little too long. So let's see if we can't move past it. But... For those of you who may be listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio stations across the country, you know, stations like uh, KYAH, stations like KYAH 540 AM Utah's Talk Authority, just as an example, or maybe you're listening to an online platform, uh, which we've just recently reached out and will be getting rebroadcast very shortly on the last frequency. That's something that just came about officially uh, last night. Uh, 
for the benefit of you folks, Time of the Live broadcast is December 8th, 2021. And so now, with that having been said, we get the pleasantries done. And again, uh, all you folks that are listening, thank you so very much for doing so. Whether you're listening to the radio, listening online, or listening wherever you get podcasts. I shared several links to uh, podcast sites for the show today uh, across a wide spectrum of social media platforms. Uh, All of them except for Gitter. And I've got to remember, because I've recently signed up for that. And I keep forgetting that one because it's still relatively new. Uh, No disrespect for all you go-getters. Anyway, (laughs) that having been said, what do you say I get actually back to the show? All right, one of the things that I came across today that I absolutely, positively had no choice but to jump into, and this, this is the kind of story that ordinarily you use as a tease story, that you hold people to the very end, but I can't. I've got to talk about this right out the gate. See, headline today, uh, again, hat tip to Tim Meads over at the Daily Wire. The headline reads, Bombshell Report, Secret CIA Files Show Agents Committed Sex Crimes Involving Minors. You see a headline like that. If you're somebody like me, your blood starts to boil. You get angry because you know that if that's going on, somebody somewhere in the CIA has used their position as an excuse to engage in these activities. Well, you know, we've, we've got to get intel on certain people. We've got to mingle. We've got to get into uh, these situations. We've got to let our agents do things. Yeah, and th- there are still limits, guys. I think you should draw the line at a certain place. Okay, so the story is, and I will read the primary part of the story before I get to my commentary. Investigators at BuzzFeed.com reported just this past week that the Central Intelligence Agency has been secretly amassing evidence of sex crimes involving children committed by its agents for at least the past 14 years. But, but, this same agency that's been amassing this evidence, they've resisted prosecution for fear of revealing state secrets. Now, BuzzFeed obtained this information through a Freedom of Information Act request, which, of course, led to this, some people would call, shocking discovery. Some people would say, yeah, I already knew they were up to no good. Wherever you may fall on that spectrum, you're both right. The CIA, quoting again here, the CIA has secretly amassed credible evidence that at least 10 of its employees and contractors committed sexual crimes involving children. Now, BuzzFeed reported this after obtaining secret Inspector General documents from the agency. Quoting here from the report, Though most of these cases were referred to U.S. attorneys for prosecution, only one of the individuals was ever charged with a crime. Prosecutors sent the rest of the cases back to the CIA to handle internally. This, of course, meant that few faced any consequences uh, beyond maybe losing their specific job at the time or maybe having their security clearance, uh, clearances reduced or taken away completely. Now, that marks a striking deviation from how sex crimes involving children have been handled at other federal agencies. 
agencies like the Department of Homeland Security and the Drug Enforcement Administration. CIA insiders say that the agency resists prosecution of its staff for fear that cases will reveal state secrets. BuzzFeed also noted that the acts were severely perverse in nature, yet for some reason largely not charged. Now, I, I say that in a very pointed fashion to make sure that it really, really sinks in. Not just perverse, but severely perverse nature. Now, this is directly from the BuzzFeed article now. <clears throat> One employee had sexual contact with a two-year-old and a six-year-old. He was fired. A second employee purchased three sexually explicit videos of young girls filmed by their mothers. He resigned. A third employee estimated that he had viewed up to 1,400 sexually abusive images of children while on agency assignments. The records do not say what action, if any, the CIA took against him. A contractor who arranged for sex with an undercover FBI agent posing as a child had his contract revoked. Only one of the individuals cited in these documents was charged with a crime, and in that case, as in the only previously known case of a CIA staffer being charged with a child sexual crime, the employee was also under investigation for mishandling classified material. So translation here is they figure, what the heck if we charge him? Uh, he's probably going to let uh, state secrets out of the bag anyway. Okay, so on the condition of anonymity, BuzzFeed spoke with the former CIA official, who, of course, uh, chose to stay anonymous, quote, who reviewed the declassified Inspector General reports, characterized the concern from CIA lawyers as, quote, we can't have these people testify. They may inadvertently be forced to disclose sources and methods. Now, that official also noted uh, that the agency has had a problem with child abuse images stretching back decades. They said that they understand the need to protect sensitive and classified equities. This official also said, quote, for crimes of a certain class, whether it's an intelligence agency or not, you just have to figure out how to prosecute these people. Well, no, duh. I, I don't know what else you can say in this situation except um, off with their heads. I don't necessarily mean the one at the top of their neck either. Uh, it, you can decide which one is more appropriate. These people are charged with dealing with issues of national security outside of the United States. They have to sometimes pretend to be bad guys. But in the case of this contractor who 
was trying to hook up with the underage child and got caught up in an FBI sting. Clearly, that was nothing to do with the job. That was just a freaking Chris Hansen catch a predator moment. How many times have we heard the excuse that it's a matter of national security or or that uh, when they're undercover, they, they have to, to be the type of people they're trying to get in with to get this intel? We, we've heard it over and over again, right? I mean, I, I would assume you've heard it at least half as often as I have, and I've heard it more times than I care to. But there's still... A line you have to draw. Either you're part of law enforcement or you're not. Either you're part of an intelligence gathering agency that is charged with helping to protect freedom or you're not. Now, it's my understanding. Now, I use the first one, CIA, technically not law enforcement, I know, but we've heard that excuse used for law enforcement agents as well when they commit certain crimes, just playing the part in deep cover. I'm under the impression that the CIA was formed for the specific purpose of helping to promote the interest of the United States in activities abroad. Now, that's a very broad way of putting it, actually. I'm sure that's closer to the description they would prefer because it gives them a lot of leeway here and there. But we knew from the very beginning, that there was supposed to be a laser focus for their creation. That laser focus is supposed to be on preventing terrorist attacks on U.S. citizens, U.S. soil and territories, and U.S. interest in other territories. They're supposed to be protecting lives They're supposed to be protecting our allies. They're supposed to be doing the dirty work that nobody else wants to do, and they're supposed to do it without looking for any type of special recompense. It's a selfless job when it's being done correctly. But the sad thing is these days we have so very few selfless people working to fill the positions that these agencies require. That's why we see sitting shoulder to shoulder, side by side, standing firm beside the greatest American citizens out there that are doing this selfless work in a selfless fashion. Somebody right beside them that is as corrupt as the day is long and looking to take advantage of every situation and take advantage of any opportunity to engage in their less than kosher proclivities and hide behind the fact that they are who they are, that they hold what position they hold. Now, it's it's bad enough Okay, it's bad enough if you're involved with something that is a sex crime. If you are a sexual predator and you harm adults, you are still one of the worst kinds of slime out there. And I'm sorry, you're one of those people that falls into that caveat territory that I talk about at the top of the show. You're one of those people that has no right and deserves no respect. But it is an extra special level of sliminess 
when you perform these same crimes against children. There is, there's no excuses. There's no two ways about it. And for them, for this type of person to find protection from prosecution of these crimes simply because they may know something you don't want them to reveal, well, that's just allowing them to, uh, to engage in extortion with them not actually having to extort you. You're extorting yourself. There are ways to try in a court of law criminals where the information that they're forced to discuss remains classified, where the testimony remains classified. There are military tribunals that operate under this all the time. It's still a matter of public record. It's still something that will be revealed at some point down the road, but it is something that can be maintained as classified information. Now, I'm not real keen on this type of justice, this type of court, because I do believe that when you are accused of a crime, you have every right to every legitimate defense, and there is no no safety net for you, no guarantee that you actually get that fair shake if everything remains secret. But if you're in a position where you can't testify, where those who would testify against you cannot testify without revealing some type of secret, something that is indeed classified, then extraordinary measures must be taken. Now, some people will say, Tim, Tim, come on now. You're going to make it impossible for some of these people uh, to do the job. You're not even going to have a CIA if, if you can't let the criminals do criminal things. Yeah, well, why are we hiring criminals to protect us? Now, I get sometimes you need a cold-hearted, evil son of a gun to do certain jobs that just need to be done, certain jobs that we don't want to think about, that we don't like to think jobs that are necessary to ensure liberty and freedom against our enemies so that I can get behind this microphone and tell you the most Pollyanna version of our republic and how great liberty is, and I can mean it and believe it because I don't have to be the person going out there and doing that dirty work. I acknowledge the fact that somebody typically does have to do that. But if you have to hurt kids in order to do the work, then there should be some consequences there. But in this story, in this instance, when we are looking at these people that are involved here, this wasn't something that was done to further their job. This was something that was going on on the side, something that they honestly thought, that they believed that they could get away with because of the position they held, because of the job that they had, because they were a contractor or they were an agent for the Central Intelligence Agency. They thought that was a shield of protection that would keep them from facing any real consequences. And evidently they were right. Now, I'm kind of, I'm a 50-50 guy on BuzzFeed, all right? Sometimes BuzzFeed does great 
journalistic reporting and sometimes BuzzFeed is so over the top with the wokeness that I can't hardly stand to listen to what's going on or read what's they're posting. So you kind of have to take the good with the bad. And in this case, this is some good reporting. Their intent may be to give a black eye to the institution of the CIA, but if the CIA is letting this happen, they gave themselves the black eye and they need to clean house. And the American public in general needs to be aware and needs to be calling for action to be taken. Now, if you're looking at these images because you have to for the job, that's one thing. If you're looking at these images because that's the perverse thing that you're into, okay. If you're this guy that was literally engaging in activity with a six-year-old and a two-year-old, this guy needs to be taken around back and not even get to trial. This guy needs to face some legit down-home homespun justice. He's not worthy of being protected by the CIA, not worthy of being protected by the local sheriff's department, not worthy of being protected by their family members. This person needs to be taken out on a rail, tarred and feathered, and that's just the start of a rather unpleasant evening that ends up something similar to what happened to General Santa Ana, according to stories told at the time. Let's just say... Those stories involve a tree stump, a fastening of certain body parts, and then a shove off of said tree stump. It's, I, it makes me so angry to read this story. And, and I, had, I didn't even want to share some of those details directly from it, but I had to share at least those parts of it so you could understand how bad this really is. Criminal activity is never a good thing. You don't want your agents. If you've got federal agents and contractors working for federal agencies, you don't want them engaging in criminal activity if you can help it. I keep circling back around. I know sometimes they've got to do things we don't ordinarily want them to do, but for crying out loud. We're not, we're not even talking about exclusively just kiddie porn. We're literally talking about pedophilic activities with young children. I mean, it's bad enough if you're looking at a 13, 14, 15-year-old, a 16-year-old. Some, some of these kids these days at 12 and 13 are looking like they're well into their 20s. That's not an excuse. It doesn't give you the green light. You're, you need to find out what the age of these people are. You should not be engaged at, in anything that's non-age appropriate. One of, the, one of the hottest trending stories today, at least for a little while, was a story of a waitress who threatened and then kicked out an older guy in the restaurant who was hitting on underage girls. It's a great story. The waitress stood up and said, nah, I'm going to kick your ass. Made him leave. That's the kind of activity we need going on in this country. Not hiring would-be pedophiles, not protecting actual pedophiles. 
Well, you know, if we charge them, they may tell a secret about how we're actually monitoring things in Iran. Uh, here's an idea. How about you just go ahead and take action, whatever you need to do in Iran, and then uh, it's okay to let the cat out the back. Of course, under the Biden administration, we know it doesn't matter what they're keeping track of or how they're keeping track of anything because all he's going to do is daughter around and uh, then ask Vladimir Putin if he could bring him some ice cream because his handler isn't doing it today. <sighs> and don't get me started on the video conference between Vladimir Putin and Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. because... Man, I mean, if you've seen any of the footage, and they've they've released some of this now, but if you've seen any of the video, this footage, you literally can see Vladimir's eyes light up. You can tell that he knows he's dealing with a completely and totally empty suit. There's nothing there. But I digress. The CIA needs to be held accountable. Because the CIA has committed a crime here, too. They have become an accessory to these activities by having the evidence in hand and refusing to, to prosecute. For the reference to the uh, attorneys to, to turn around and say, okay, well, you guys take care of these. Whatever you got to do. Oh, okay. I'm involved in really, really disgustingly bad sexual crimes. Okay, well, we're going to reduce your pay rate and move you to. The Why does the CIA have an office in Wyoming? Doesn't matter. It's so that we can deal with people like you. They need some place to go when we quietly move you to the side, let the heat die down, and then uh, reassign you back to active duty somewhere else that will be good. We'll let you restart your career in a couple of years. Meanwhile, hang out in Wyoming. So Wyoming's a punishment? Well, don't tell the people of Wyoming that. They love it there. And I love you guys while I'm on the topic. Wyoming's great. <laughs> Lots of wide open space. I like it. Not exactly a hot spot of uh, CIA activity, I would imagine, though. But then again, uh, modern CIA, who knows? They're not supposed to be doing anything uh, <laughs> domestically. But I think we kind of know they broke that edict a long time ago. I don't know what else to do. It, it's it's truly criminal. And yet, there will be people. There will be people on our side of the aisle. There will be conservatives out there that will offer up a defense for this activity. There will be. I'm going to take heat from folks on the left who want to say, well, you know, pedophilia is really just another preference. It's, it's just another uh, type of... Uh, identity it, it's, it shouldn't be criminal uh, we've criminalized people for just being who they are and, and being attracted to young children it's, it's just another <sighs> and then folks on the right will be saying Tim you, you can't attack the institutions that's what the left wants you to do I'm not attacking the institution 
I'm attacking the people who are supposed to be in a position of authority within that institution. It's back to the same argument. And believe it or not, somebody said I was trying to argue semantics on this the last time I discussed it when we were talking about institutional racism. And I kept making the point that the institution is anti-racist and it's individuals within the institution that has corrupted things because they are corrupt. That's not semantics. That's not potato-potato. That is a legitimate, hardcore, easily defined situation where the system's set up to stop a certain thing, and then the people who are supposed to be at the the levies of authority within the uh, system are twisting things to their own benefit instead of doing the job they're supposed to do. That's not institutional anything. That's simply corruption. It's individual corruption, sometimes on a large scale, because sometimes many individuals have fallen into that wake of corruption that's kicked off from the highest point where it exists. So there's corruption within the CIA. Ooh, there's a shocker. But here we are. Somebody somewhere was okay with looking the other way. Somebody somewhere said, all right, you know what? They're not going to prosecute this case, so here's what we're going to do. Slap on the wrist time. Well, it's not the wrist that ought to be getting slapped. It's, it is inconceivable that any any official federal government agency any official agency of any kind at any level in this country not only would tolerate this but essentially would look the other way just to try and protect something that they've deemed to be sensitive information classified information so so unbelievable except for the fact that it's totally believable in the modern age. So what do we do? Well, I get behind the microphone and try to make sure that you're aware. You, you need to know. And now that you do, let's hold some people accountable. Can't just let it go. All right, stay right where you're at. Let's take a quick mid-hour break and get started right back after this. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into The Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and hopefully a very Happy New Year. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow but have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness So he made the Christmas candy game Hello, I'm Ron Edwards On today's page from the Edwards Notebook 
The candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. Candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stated with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Please check out theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4-AID-VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the Internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. staying with me through that very brief break. Hope you enjoyed the Edwards Notebook and the Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. Uh, I gotta get some new, uh, uh, get some new uh, Veterans Tips of the Day. I haven't heard anything from, uh, from Dan in a little bit. I, I gotta get back in touch with him. It's been something else. While the show was on hiatus, uh, had some real issues, but we're back. We're going strong. And before we jump back into the remainder of the story, I want to take this opportunity with the music playing in the background to wish each and every one of you a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Hanukkah, a joyous Noel, uh, whatever you're celebrating right now. I hope it is blessed and brings honor to you and your family and to the Lord. And thank you so very much for being here as I say that. Now, one of the other things that's going to be very helpful, especially after we move into the new year and have to continue to deal with the Brandon economy, it may be necessary 
for you to show exactly how individually prepared you are, how sufficient you are going to be at taking care of business. Uh, Well, what am I talking about? Well, obviously, uh, you want to be able to provide for your family or if you're it, uh, to make sure you've got something to eat even after the shelves on the store go bare. One of the best ways to take care of that is to have survival food ready and stored at the at your fingertips here, going over to the cabinet, pulling it out of your pantry, being ready, being prepared. I've said a multitude of times that fully appreciating and fully enjoying individual liberty requires individual responsibility. And that responsibility also means being completely prepared. And nobody has been helping you to be prepared in the event of an emergency or a natural disaster longer than my Patriot Supply. So what you need to do, if you haven't already, go down to the show description uh, today if you're uh, at the podcast and uh, copy the entire link Paste that into your web browser and go visit My Patriot Supply today. Check out everything they've got going on from great tasting uh, food that is set to, to last for 20 years in storage. And, and it does taste great, 2,000 calories a day, and you're good to go uh, in these cases. But they also have heirloom seeds. They have water purification. They have other uh, other items, that's really about the best way to put it. Everything you might need to be fully self-reliant, they've got available. And uh, by following the link that I'm providing there, it lets them know that I sent you. So that not only do you find some really great stuff that is going to be something you can always use, uh, whether it comes to the emergency or not, you also will get the help support this show. And that's something I'll appreciate. So it's a win-win. You're reliant. My Patriot Supply is helping you be reliant. And I'm helping keep the two of you together. I'm that conduit. I'm that glue that's going to bind you and have you prepared for the worst while we hope for the best. Uh, So please, you get that opportunity, follow the link. And if you are listening on the radio or if you're listening uh, on one of the platforms online that's rebroadcasting. Uh, if you don't see the link in the show description, then come visit tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, intothetruth.com. And there you'll see banners for my supply. <clears throat> my Patriot Supply. I've got a frog in my throat. I'm sorry, guys. My Patriot Supply. And you can click on one of those banners, and that will take you there just as easily. All right. So with that having been said... Uh, Let's get to uh, the irony corner, and this is irony in its finest. By now, I hope that you all have read 1984, George Orwell's dystopian tale, 1984. If you haven't, it's something that you really need to read, and it'd be very illuminating if You're just now starting to open your eyes to what our media has been doing and what our 
political left in this country and worldwide, what they've been doing, if you're just starting to realize that they've been manipulating you for a long time and they're trying to continue to manipulate you, they're trying to tell you that red is actually blue, that the sky is actually down, when you hear them say the most ridiculous things, you know, something like AOC from the other day when, oh, well, the, the, the riots, the, the flash mobs, uh, the crash and, and, and stash burglaries, all these things, well, that's, it's not real. Sure thing, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, it's not real. Now, the thing is, if you haven't read it, you need to. If you have read it, you understand that it's a pretty dire warning. Although some of our political leftist friends have been using it as a playbook instead of as a warning. But, in a rather ironic twist, you know, I might even be encouraged to say a twist that might very well beat all other <laughs> ironic twists. 1984, George Orwell's dystopian sci-fi tale that warns of the dangers of revisiting history and rewriting books for ideological ends is itself... Getting a feminist rewrite. It's true. They're going to rewrite it. But but wait, there's more. This rewrite, this rewrite, it's happening with the approval from the Orwell estate. It will be retold from a woman's perspective. Now, this was first reported in The Guardian. The new narrative will be told from the point of view of Julia, the love interest of Orwell's main character, Winston Smith who, in the 1949 novel, works at the Ministry of Truth, rewriting history to suit the authoritarian government's propaganda purposes. This new rework titled Julia, the book comes from American author Sandra Newman, whose past work has been nominated for a, a Folio Prize and the British Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction. Newman's publisher told The Guardian that as a propagandist, Julia understands Orwell's fictional world far better than Winston and is essentially happy with her life, adding that Orwell's son, Richard Blair, has been consulted and approves of the project. So according to Variety... Multiple Hollywood studios are already vying for the adaptation rights. While film and TV rights won't be optioned for eh, at least a few more months at this point, uh, there is already tremendous interest. Now, the literary executor of, of Orwell's estate, the executor of Orwell's estate, the literary executor of Orwell's estate, Bill Hamilton, he said that he is delighted by the imaginative retelling. Quoting here, two of the unanswered questions in Orwell's novel are what Julia sees in Winston and how she has navigated her way through the party hierarchy. Sandra gets under the skin of Big Brother's world in a completely convincing way, which is both true 
to the original, but also gives a dramatically different narrative to stand alongside the original. The millions of readers who have been brought up with Orwell's 1984 will find this a provocative and satisfying companion. It sounds like somebody wrote some copy for this guy to read off. He's just trying to sell a freaking... Now, it was reported by the Daily Wire back in January, Orwell's classic has experienced renewed popularity in the age of increasing government power, increasing government power seizure, and major news organization scandals becoming the, the best-selling book on Amazon that month. One particular passage has been repeatedly quoted by social media users over the past year, describing life under the authoritarian rule of Big Brother. Uh, that quote <clears throat> is as follows. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. Kind of feels like the internet memory hole, right? So Jesse James, a contributor at Not The Bee, said uh, that this new feminist retelling, uh, quote, We have reached the stage of political discourse where they've actually started uh, to subject Orwell himself to Orwellianism. Uh, it's it's astounding. It is. This is where we're at. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2021, sliding into 2022. I don't know what else to say. I mean, is there anything else that needs to be said at this point? They're rewriting 1984. A book about what happens when you completely rewrite history so that it, everything matches up with the propaganda of the day. So that the only message that you receive, the only message you get, the only ideas that you're exposed to are the ideas that Big Brother wants you exposed to. History is not the way you remember it, boys and girls. That was all just a Mandela effect. You remembered it wrong. History is what we tell you it is. It's Barack Obama trying to tell you. Well, Michelle Obama is actually the one who said it, but she said that Barack knows that you'll have to, to rewrite the history of the country to accomplish the goals and the agenda of the administration. That's part of fundamentally changing America. You see, unfortunately, too many people thought that when Michelle and Barack talked about fundamentally changing America, they thought they meant they're, they're going to make it better for, for all those folks that don't want to work. And, and I'm emphasizing on that. Most of the people out there that are talking about this non-work movement, it's legitimately a movement. Doubt me. Go check out Reddit. <laughs> Honest and for true a full-blown anti-work movement in this country 
Mike Rowe will tell you the truth about work, and that is it's necessary. Work is absolutely necessary. It's necessary for you to perform work because that is how you are built. That's how you are wired. If you haven't done it, you'll never know. You'll never feel the experience of what it's like to have accomplished something by virtue of completing a task and doing it well. Not all of the world's rewards are based on the monetary, although, you know what, uh, I'm not turning away any monetary uh, rewards that any of you might want to send this way. Just saying. I do accept crypto. You just go to tapintothetruth.com. There's a little donate button. You can send me money via PayPal. You can send me money via crypto. It's all fine. But only if you want to. I'm not one of these really annoying people that are right now reminding you that this is the season of giving. Please send me your money. Mostly because I know how hard it is for you guys to get it in the first place. Completely independent. I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. But, uh, you know, I have been fortunate enough to receive some contributions from time to time. And for those of you who've done so, uh, thank you very much. For those of you who can't afford to, I understand. For those of you who can't afford to, but feel like you got better things to spend your money on, I understand. At the end of the day, we've all got to make these decisions, and we all should be allowed to make these decisions for ourselves. The government shouldn't be telling us where our money should be going. Shouldn't be telling us which charities are worthy and which ones are not. We should have final say. We should be getting to keep the fruit of our labors. George Orwell should be able to have the fruit of his labor, in this case, 1989, the novel, just the way it is. Now, here's the thing. At some point, I will probably read, I, I will not be purchasing a copy of Julia because I don't want to help contribute to exactly what these people are trying to do, mind you. Now, if I end up liking it or feeling like maybe it's not so bad and not what I suspect this is going to be, then I'll probably go back and buy a copy. I do try to support the folks that uh, that I believe in. Uh, lots of times when, when you host a radio show like this, you have an opportunity to get free copies of uh, a lot of books. You do. Uh, I normally will take advantage of that because I like building my library and I enjoy reading, especially actual honest-to-goodness books. I still enjoy turning the pages. I know I'm a dinosaur, right? Especially if it's a hardcover book. But if it's a really, really good book, if it's something that has come from one of the guests that I've gotten to know a little bit better and we end up having like at least regular communication via social media, uh, I will still go ahead and purchase one, even though I've got one, and I'll give it away as a gift. I believe that we should support those people in their efforts. So I will probably probably read Julia when the time is appropriate, when I can make the time, just to see exactly what this is. If it is an actual, honest-to-goodness, really good companion, then I'll come back and I'll say so. I was wrong. This actually is not so bad. But here's what I'm telling you from, from where I'm at right now, from what it looks like from here. This looks like an effort to literally, well, as 
as the reporter said. We're pulling an Orwell on Orwell. We're, we're treating Orwell in a very Orwellian fashion. We're changing the point of view. We're changing it to a feminist point of view. A, a point of view that's way more, shall we say, friendly towards Big Brother because she was happy with her life. She was one of the propagandists. She was reaping rewards from the efforts of Big Brother in this book. And again, if you haven't read it, and most of this probably isn't making any sense to you, and you're probably thinking, why on earth is this guy spending so much time talking about this? It's because this is just the next level of what's been going on already. Uh, we, we are living in very Orwellian times. There's a reason why hosts like myself will often ask the question about which dystopian novel uh, is our current, our current existence most like. I still find myself being one of the few that will bring up Animal Farm. But, uh, you know, is it Animal Farm? Is it 1984? Is it A Brave New World? And sadly, the reason why I ask which one is most likely is because the true answer is it's a combination of all of the above and a few more I haven't named yet. Uh, you can pick almost any dystopian future novel, and if it's noteworthy at all, there's a good chance that part of the reason why it's noteworthy is because we're seeing it play out in front of us right now. These international globalists literally have taken 1984 and turned it into a playbook. I know I said that earlier. I say that a lot. Whenever the topic of 1984 comes up, I almost always slip that into the conversation. Why? Because it gives you that momentary chuckle until it sinks in and you realize, wait a minute, that's not really a joke. I wish it were. Julia, ladies and gentlemen, Julia. Probably one of your least favorite characters from 1984, if you read it. Actually, probably not. But just That would be typical. Par for the course. Now the real question becomes, who in Hollywood ends up getting the rights for the movie adaptation? Because this thing is probably going to be filmed before the first round of published books is uh, sold out. I would not be surprised if somebody uh, – the, the bidding war is secretly already going on behind the scenes. And the real question is going to be, is it going to be a major Hollywood studio or is it going to be one of the streaming services uh, that manages to finagle the sweetheart deal? Will it be Netflix? Will it be Amazon Prime? Will it be Apple? Because, you know, Apple TV is swiftly becoming a major player with some of their original programming. I don't know how familiar you guys are with it. If you're a customer of Apple, I'm sure you are rather familiar. If you're not, maybe you don't know, but they've got some really good shows over there. Of course, still typical Hollywood fare. In fact, about the only place that I don't see this necessarily going to would be like Disney. But if they wanted it, I, I don't see why they couldn't come away with it. I, I don't see why Disney couldn't. I mean... Put it under the 20th century uh, brand. 20th, 20th century presents. 
I mean, good grief, though. Let's just tell the story from a woman's point of view. Oh, yeah? Well, then the next book is going to be me telling the story from the original point of view, only now I've realized that I'm a trans woman. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, wait. No, I should use an actual sound effect for that. How about this? I mean, come on. Why not? I mean, there are no limits in modern America, right? We, we just keep doing more of the same. Everything's crazy, and it keeps getting crazier. Why shouldn't we have all kinds of craziness to ensue? <sighs> Next thing you know, you're going to see a, a live-action movie of Thundar the Barbarian uh, where actually Thundar is an oppressor. Ukla the Mock is the real hero. And, of course, the sorceress uh, ends up freeing Ukla, and uh, they end up killing uh, Thundar and eating his body in some type of pagan-esque ritual uh, cleansing thing. I don't know. It's, it's the people that do these things now. I don't ask me to figure out what they're going to do next. It's insane. But, again, you know, why not? Why not? Why would we not tell... 1984 from a feminist perspective. Why would we not tell 1984 from a gay perspective? Why would we not tell 1984 from the LGBTQAII semicolon carrot emojis? Why would we not tell it from that perspective? I mean, I'm not entirely certain how many different perspectives you would have to do that. I, I think you would have to identify as a transcendentalist, semi-gender fluid, uh, whose pronouns are they, zim, zur, er, ukla, and verabe, which is a real thing I didn't just make up right now. D don't check that. All right, anyway, I don't know what else to say on that topic, so that's going to have to be it for the first hour. 1984, a classic. Getting a rewrite. Orwell getting the Orwellian treatment. That's going to have to be it for the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, uh, this is probably where we're saying goodbye for now. So tune in the same time again tomorrow. That's most likely when you're going to get to hear hour number two. So for you folks... Don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay safe out there, stay healthy if you can, and, uh, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, obviously, don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this.
say is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn new wet Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And uh, we are uh, bringing it out here live and uh, glad to have you fine folks listening now and uh, always happy to see you uh, listening to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from there's a really good chance that you can find us there uh if you're so inclined thank you for for listening and if you haven't already please subscribe either pushing the follow button or the subscribe button it's not a paying subscription this show is available for free everywhere you go uh you might have to listen to a couple of ads please do because, uh, again, that's how you help support this show and making sure I can, at the very least, break even for doing this craziness. Although someday I, I would really like to make a, enough of a profit to say, good job, Tim. Good job. Be a nice little Christmas present on my behalf. So please do. And don't forget to share as well to anybody that you think would enjoy uh, listening to the show, too. I, I greatly appreciate that. We are headlong into the Christmas and Hanukkah seasons. So uh, thank you very much, uh, our Jewish friends, for uh, being here as well. Uh, for the benefit of those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast of the show, however, uh, shows being aired on terrestrial radio stations like Utah's Talk Authority, 
KYAH, 540 AM. Uh, we're also being rebroadcast on a internet platform, the network known as The Last Frequency. And I uh, hope you're enjoying that. Um, the evolution of that particular area is a long one, but, uh, you know, we'll maybe get into that a little more some other time. Just glad if you're hearing me there. Thank you so much for listening. For the benefit of those of you that are indeed hearing the rebroadcast, though, the time of the live broadcast is December 8th, and this is the second hour. December 8th, 2021, and this is the second hour of a two-hour live broadcast. We are, of course, enjoying our conversation. We talked a little bit about how Orwell is getting the Orwellian treatment back in the first hour, and we also... Well, we talked about a bombshell report where the CIA has been refusing to uh, to move forward in criminal charging, criminally charging um, agents and contractors that work for them uh, involved in the criminal activity of, well, child pornography or straight up pedophilia. And they've refused to do it under the guise of they may inadvertently divulge state secrets, should they have to testify. So, with that being said, I was... Actually, I think I kept myself fairly composed. Ordinarily, a story like that would have me so fired up that I would really get on a roll. So I think it stayed fairly calm. I think it's the calming effect of the Christmas holiday myself. But it still makes me so angry. So but the point of that is that if you are hearing this rebroadcast and you did not hear the first hour, please uh, either go to wherever you listen to podcasts and try to find the show or visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com and go to the past broadcast shows and uh, you'll be able to find us there and uh, go back and re-listen. If you haven't heard this story somewhere else, way too important of a story to not being brought up. Now, since it is December the 8th of 2021, I'm not sure when you're going to hear this, so some of this information might sound a little dated, but here's another story, and I think this is a story that is going to be ignored by most legacy media outlets. And it's probably going to get a little bit of mention on some conservative outlets, and then it's probably going to go away about as quickly as... It's being reported, but it's it's just too delicious for me not to talk on. You know, I, we often talk with our good friend Ron Edwards about life in Michigan, and he has this cute little nickname for the current governor there. He calls her Gretchen Witchmer. Witchmer. Now. In case you, for some reason, aren't familiar with the Michigan's Democratic governor, her name's actually Gretchen Whitmer, and she's been one of the most steadfast uh, proponents of lockdowns in her state. She was very vocal about it, and she is all about everybody being locked down except for her husband and herself. Typical leftist, hypocritical kind of individual who managed to become governor of the great state of Michigan. Well, Whitmer was uh, talking at a town hall meeting uh, just a couple of days ago with business leaders in the state of Michigan. 
And reportedly, she was telling them that the Biden administration's COVID-19 vaccine mandate was, quote, a problem for all of us. Hmm, that that's again for a second. All about locking down for COVID-19, but the vaccine mandate from the Biden administration, that's a bridge too far for Gretchen Whitmer. Who knew that would be the, the breaking point for her? I, I certainly wouldn't have guessed it. Now, during this meeting with the local business leaders in Howard City, which is about 35 miles north of Grand Rapids, for those of you not familiar, Whitmer told them that she understood their concerns about the federal vaccine mandates. And according to a report from the Daily News, a local outlet based in uh, Montclam County, quote, we're an employer too. The state of Michigan is. I know if that mandate happens, we're going to lose state employees. That's why I haven't proposed a mandate at the state level. Some states have. We have not. We're waiting to see what happens in court. But we have a lot of the same concerns that you just voiced, and it's going to be a problem for all of us. Now, Whitmer's remarks were in response, of course, to a question asked by the head of the home health care organization in the area, uh, this according to the Detroit Free Press. Now, Whitmer has been mostly quiet on the talk of vaccine mandates, also according to the Detroit Free Press. The outlet also reported that Michigan is one of more than two dozen states that, despite having its own set of workplace safety regulations, are required to have state and local officials meet guidelines that effectively mirror federal guidelines, meaning that the mandate would apply in essence. They, they literally have it set up that if the federal regulations require the mandate, they don't have the individual wiggle room to say, yeah, that's what you're doing at the federal level, but eh, we're not going to do that. They're literally supposed to mirror the federal guidelines. Now, the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for federal employees was halted nationwide by a federal court in Georgia this past Tuesday. The decision followed a preliminary injunction brought by a federal judge in Kentucky. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration, uh, better known to most of us as OSHA, suspended enforcement of the vaccine mandate for private employers after it was halted by injunctions from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. The court found that the mandate was staggeringly overbroad. Staggeringly, staggeringly overbroad. And legally dubious, I might add, for multiple reasons. Uh, the Daily Wire reported uh, when this first broke, uh, quote, the Fifth Circuit Court issued a preliminary injunction temporarily halting the mandate pending judicial review on November 6th, citing potential grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. The court reaffirmed its stay after completing its judicial review on November 12th, writing that the mandate was both over-inclusive because of its sweeping and indiscriminate imposition on companies regardless of industry or work environment, and 
under-inclusive because it purports to help workers with 99 or more co-workers while giving no help to those with 98 or fewer co-workers. Besides that, the court found that the administration stated impetus, an emergency that has gone on for almost two years and that OSHA took two months to respond to, uh, dubious. The court found that the mandate, which the court described as stagger or staggeringly overbroad, grossly exceeds OSHA's statutory authority. Now, of course, the mandate's currently being reviewed by the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. A group of Republicans in the U.S. Senate has also moved to block the OSHA mandate. The resolution is expected to pass the Senate behind support from moderate Democrats John Tester of Montana and Joe Manchin of West Virginia. I will also note that the Daily Wire is actively fighting Joe Biden's vaccine mandate in federal court. So, for the longest time, I thoroughly enjoyed and appreciated the free aspects of the Daily Wire. They do a lot of great coverage, a lot of great opinion, and a lot of great journalistic reporting. They do. Never paid for a membership there. Even though there were some things like the Hide Run Fight movie, I, I really wanted to see that. The only way to see it is to become a member. Or to know someone who's a member and uh, go visit them, I suppose. That would probably work. But I was more than, more than content. They do a great job, and they got a lot of great information out there. And Daily Wire is one of those primary go-to resources that I use for this show. Quite frequently, I'll be reading, uh, when I'm reading the articles before I start commenting, uh, quite frequently there'll be Daily Wire readings. And I try to give them credit. I don't always think to give them full credit. Uh, but if I read pretty much the whole article, I will give full credit to both the reporter and to the Daily Wire. If I'm not reading the whole thing, but I'll take bits and pieces, if it's not all verbatim, sometimes I don't always credit them the way I should. So understand now, uh, the Daily Wire, probably the number one source. The Blaze comes in a very close second. Uh, Red State comes in a uh, pretty close third. Uh, then uh, Gatestone Institute falls. Well, actually, Gatestone Institute probably comes in ahead of uh, Red State, really, if I stop and think about it, on cases of international uh, events. That's, that's all boring. That's to the side. The point is, when the Daily Wire announced they would be fighting the mandate, at that point, I said, that's, that's the straw. You know, that's the moment. That is the tipping point. And I signed up that day for a membership with the Daily Wire. And I'm thoroughly enjoying access to the extra materials, the backstage all-access moments, and getting to see the movies like Run, Hide, Fight. And they have a new movie uh, upcoming uh, very soon. And, uh, you know, I'm really digging my uh, Leftist Tears Tumblr. Really, really, I think I told you guys before, first time I had coffee in that tumbler, I think rather than just keep it warm for a very long time, it actually, <laughs> I will swear to you, got my coffee hotter than it was out of the brewing process. I kid you not. All right, anyway, with that being said, let's get back to the point here. 
Gretchen Whitmer. Not the kind of person you expect to hear uh, bad-mouthing the Biden administration, especially when it comes to anything having to do with authoritarian control uh, using COVID-19 as the excuse. She's been a practitioner of authoritarian control. She has been one of the people that's earned the title that I was giving out on this broadcast as Tidy Tyrant. She wanted to be a big-time tyrant, but she still only had control over a state. Now, in her case, it's not a small state, but she doesn't get to be the tyrant of the whole country, so tiny tyrant. She wasn't the only one, by the way. There are some other tiny tyrants out there. But we spent a lot of time at the height of the COVID panic when everybody was indulging in panic porn. Spent a lot of time talking about the shenanigans that Miss Whitner got up to. We even talked about how likely it was that the supposed kidnapping plot of Gretchen was actually a uh, FBI organized sting. That it was actually the FBI that made it happen, moving towards as far as it got. Then they took credit for busting it up when they're the ones that organized it and were going to make it happen. We talked about all this, and I, at this point, there's no doubt. They're still denying it, but the memos have been leaked. The documents have been made available. There's no question at this point the FBI was behind it. And the people they ended up arresting, many of them walked away when they found out the crazy things these people were saying. They were all about, yeah, we're going to have to take our state back. Yeah, we need to hold the governor accountable for what she's done and violating our rights. We need to take the steps to do whatever we need to do. And then as soon as the FBI folks started talking about, we need to go catch her ourselves. We'll, we'll put her under citizen's arrest and we'll try her in our own court. And then a lot of those folks start, went from, yeah, yeah, to what? I'm going fishing, y'all. You, I, I'm done. Can y'all forget I was even here, please? And walked away. Yet they still got arrested anyway, didn't they? Granted, not all of them just walked away, but most of them actually did. Very few of the people being held accountable for any of that uh, were even willing to move forward. So the point of the matter is, beep, 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 backing up, trying to get back to this story. Gretchen Whitmer's calling out the Biden administration, saying how problematic this is, how she doesn't want to lose state employees who will walk away over the mandate. That doesn't sound like the Gretchen Whitner that we all know and love to not love. Doesn't sound like her at all. So then the first thing that comes into my mind is, um, when is the next election cycle for the governorship of Michigan? <gasps> it's 2022. <gasps> that, that's in less than a month. We'll be in the actual election year where she's going to be trying to get reelected as governor of Michigan. Well, that might explain the change in attitude, mightn't it? That might explain a lot. I, 
I spend a lot of time trying to talk about giving people the benefit of the doubt. And and I do try to give people the benefit of the doubt here. I do. I try to offer up best case scenarios. I try to try to say things that you know, oftentimes I will remind you that I don't know what's in their hearts and minds. All I know is how it looks from where I'm standing. Or in this case, sitting. And I can't tell you for sure if this is maybe a legitimate change of heart. Maybe she does like the idea of lockdowns, but maybe she does have a an issue with being forced to take a, a shot. Maybe she's one of those lefties that understands if, if you're going to talk about how uh, my body is my body mentality, uh, that, that has to apply to all medical procedures and not just the ones that end up in the murder of a pre-born child. Maybe she's one of those few that actually gets it on this issue because there's a few of them out there. And maybe I should be giving her credit for that instead of first thing that comes to mind is, huh, uh, how does she think she's going to get reelected and when does she need to do that? I mean, the one thing that's obvious to every Democrat currently holding office that's plans on trying to get reelected is you cannot hook your star to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Barely there Biden is not the kind of political ally that's going to win you friends and get you votes. Doesn't matter what state you're in, doesn't matter how blue the area is, doesn't matter if it's a vote blue no matter who type of uh, of a geographical location you're running in none of that matters if you mention joe biden in a positive way your popularity is going to take a nosedive immediately you're going to start hearing the chance of let's go brandon or maybe the other slightly slightly more direct chant you're going to hear them and they're going to be directed to you you're going to become part of team brandon and every Democrat currently holding office, even though they may not be willing to say it out loud, they know it's not a good political move right now to say, yay, I'm part of Team Brandon. It's not a good move. Wouldn't be smart. Not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. It really wouldn't be. So what are the options here? Is, is Gretchen Whitmer... The person who I wrote an opinion piece about a year ago asking the question if she actually admitted that the mask mandates in her state were strictly political. So I think she did. I made that case. If you're interested at all in reading it, if you haven't already, uh, reach out to me via social media or go to the website. Send me a message. You can do that near the bottom of the homepage. I'll send you a link via email. You can... You can read it for yourself. Tell me what you think. Does does she get this? Does she understand there is a difference? Is she one of these people that stands up firmly against vaccine mandates despite having been vaccinated already? I mean, that's that's the most ridiculous aspect of what we've got going on here. Again, uh, we'll make reference to 1984 because we talked about that story back in the first hour. We talked about 1984 where everything's about rewriting history, right? It's about 
Big Brother controlling the narrative. Well, we've got the mainstream media calling everybody that protests these vaccine mandates as being anti-vaxxer when close to two-thirds of everyone standing up against these mandates have actually already been vaccinated, at least partially vaccinated. Close to two-thirds of them. So clearly they're not anti-vax. There are lots of people out here who are vaccinated or fully vaccinated, or at least what passes for fully vaccinated for now. You know, uh, Dr. Fauci, the, the, the greatest uh, doctor in American history, except, of course, for uh, Dr. Uh, Jill Biden and uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Phil. Uh, those, those are the greatest doctors of all times. But Dr. Fauci, right behind them. Right. Dr. Fauci has already admitted, come out point blank now and said, yes, it is a matter of when, not if we redefine fully vaxxed as having had your boosters. So it's coming. We all knew it was. Okay, there was not a question. There wasn't a doubt. We're not taken aback by this. We're not shocked. But where we are at is there are people that are at least partially vaccinated, many of them fully vaccinated as the definition applies at this moment, that also at the same time say, no, government, you don't have the right to tell us we have to. You don't have the right to take away our livelihoods if we don't want to. You're ignoring science again. And telling us we need to do this in the first place. You literally still have people out here who think that you have a right not to get vaccinated. You don't have a right to kill my grandmother. You guys heard that, right? Even Jim Cramer. Jim Cramer, a guy who I've enjoyed watching his show. A guy that I've actually learned a lot about the stock market from. And he does an extremely entertaining Mad Money show. It's fantastic if you're trying to learn about stocks and get his suggestions and recommendations fantastic show he came out and was all in favor of forced mandated vaccines for everybody and have the military run it which insinuates that the military will come track you down and jab you if you don't voluntarily show up for it now he didn't say it like that but he did say have the military run it and he did say have conscientious objectors be prepared to argue their points in court, meaning he wants you to be forced to take it, whether you want it or not. There are people out there that mistakenly believe that because there are still so many unvaccinated individuals that that's part of what's leading to so many variants. And they're completely ignoring the fact that the Freaking COVID-19 virus seems to be following the standard evolutionary path of most viruses, meaning it becomes more transmissible and less deadly with each mutation. Because ultimately, that's the goal of every form of life. It wants to expand and increase. It wants to procreate and become more. And a virus is no exception. A virus doesn't fare well in the durability department if it kills all of its potential hosts quickly, uh, too quickly for it to continue to spread. And from what we've seen from our jump from Delta to Lambda to Omicron, 
with each one of these steps, we have seen the increased rate of how easily transmissible it is. But we've also seen the decrease in the number of hospitalizations and, uh, more importantly, the number of deaths. Now, that still doesn't mean that there aren't people that are still being hospitalized, that there aren't people that are still dying. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is those numbers are really going down. And those are the two numbers that are most important. It is not important how many people get the flu this year. It's important how many people die from the flu. It's not important how many people catch a cold this year. It's important how many people die as a result of complications from that cold. You got the cold? Did you sniffle for a couple of days and get better? Okay. okay then it doesn't matter to anybody. I mean, it mattered to you because you were miserable for a couple of days, but is that a major reason to be concerned? And if COVID is continuing to evolve to a similar plateau, then yay! That should be what we want. Omicron is so far uh, appearing to be exactly the best news possible. And if you follow that science, you're going to be feeling better about where we're at. Thank you, Omicron, for crowding out all the other variants. Thank you, Omicron, for being what every good virus should be, easily transmissible with very little in the ways of harmful side effects. Again, uh, if you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. But that's where we're at in America right now. Everybody who wants to be vaccinated probably is at this point. There are very few people left that are just on the fence. And whether you like it or not, the federal government has zero right and authority to tell you you must. Zero. None. Nada. And I don't care if you're some lefty who really wishes it did and you think you're going to wish that power into existence. It does not exist. The majority of America will not comply. And you see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, the, the reason why you still believe that America is a republic worth fighting for and worth saving because her people are still smart enough to realize people that are pro-vaccine but anti-mandate. That's where you see the, the hope. That's where you see the, the candle still burning in the window. That's where you see those people of faith with their heads down in prayer. It's where you get that nice, warm feeling that you're not alone. You're not that lone voice in the wilderness that you felt like for so long, that there are still people that believe in liberty and still understand the role of the federal government, at least on this one topic. And that's a start, and I'll take it. And every other one of you freedom, liberty-loving people that are part of this country, that are part of that club, you need to take it too because that's something we can build on. That's a stepping stone, and we can start restoring honest-to-goodness liberty. We can start restoring this republic back to the republic it's supposed to be, a constitutionally federated republic firm on the principles of federalism with dabbling a little bit with democracy. We can return to that true version that is literally best for everyone in the world. Best not only for all the citizens here in it, but also best for those who are not citizens of the United States, but get to live in a country that has this outward effect that comes from 
our freedom and our liberty. That's where we need to be. We can build on that. We can grow from there. Because once that first concept of liberty strikes up in your head, well, there's that first bit of liberty. What else can you say? All right, I've gone a little past the halfway point of this hour, so what do you say we take that break? You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this very, very brief break. And by brief break, I mean as soon as I can find the right spot here, we'll hit it. <laughs> And I'm still trying to find, where did it go? I hate it when the switchboard doesn't work out. All right, you guys stay where you're at. Uh, we'll finish up on the other side of this. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into The Truth, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas and hopefully a very Happy New Year. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Much has been written in recent years to try to dismiss the fact that the United States was founded upon Judeo-Christian principles. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, despite their efforts, leftist revisionists cannot change the historic facts. Anyone who takes the time to examine the original writings, personal correspondence, biographies, and public statements of the sovereign individuals who were instrumental in the founding of America will find an abundance of quotations showing the profound extent to which their thinking and their lives were influenced by a Christian worldview. This is not to say that all of the founding fathers were Christians, though most were, but even those who were not Christians were deeply influenced by and promoted the beneficial principles of Christianity, unlike modern-day leftist non-believers who seek to extinguish Christianity out of society. We can choose to get distracted wondering if Ben Franklin put his personal faith in Jesus or simply appreciate the blessings of Christian Judeo values that are the bedrock of our land of liberty. I'm Ron Edwards. Don't miss the Ron Edwards American Experience on WCETradio.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day.
ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for being here, period. I can't tell you how humbling it is to know that you guys are taking the time out of your schedule with all the other great programs that are out there and all the other things that you could be doing uh, that you choose to spend some time with me, even if I'm just playing in the background. Thank you so much. I, I just, I don't have the words. Do have the words, however, to bring up a topic that maybe you're not thinking about this time of year. How are you set on coolers? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the chest coolers and, you know, you throw the ice in there, you put your drinks and beverages, whatever, take them with you on the outings, uh, whether you're going fishing or camping or what have you. You got a great one? You got a great one? Are you in the market for a great one? Whether it's because you're not satisfied with one you have now or because you've had one that's really, really good, but it's been a lot of time with you and it's just time to retire it. Whatever the reason may be, might I recommend a cooler that is guaranteed to keep your ice frozen for up to 10 days. A cooler that is of the quality the same quality, maybe, dare I say, possibly a little better quality than that name brand that everybody knows that they've named after that Himalayan uh, Sasquatch. You, you know the one I'm talking about. Would you like something that good or maybe slightly better, but at least that good for about half the price? Then what you're looking for, my friends, is blue coolers. And not only do they have great coolers, but they got a lot of other merchandise there as well. They have a security backpack that has three days worth of bug out supplies. Uh, they've got uh, all kinds of merch from hats to t-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, some of it uh, is very inexpensive, but they're constantly running discounts. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, as I often do this portion of the show, if you're listening to the podcast, Please uh, go down into the show description, find the link that I have placed there, copy that link in its entirety, and then paste that into your browser and go visit the Blue Coolers website. Check out all their stuff. And uh, if you decide to make a purchase, go ahead and make it while you're there. you find some great deals, some quality products, and as long as you use that link, they'll know I sent you and it helps support this show. I know, it's silly, right? But I really am trying to help you get you guys to a place that's going to be helpful for you and keep the show going, too. So uh, help me out by uh, copy and pasting. And if you're listening via terrestrial radio, especially if you're, like, driving down the road right now and don't have time to, to go check that out, then later on, let me encourage you to visit tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com. And uh, click on the banner for Blue Coolers or for My Patriot Supply or for Hero Soap Company or for uh, lots of other uh, banners that you're going to find there. Check it out. Uh, follow suit. Uh, also on that homepage, you'll still see uh, where our most recent guests have been. It's been a little while since I've scheduled any guests, so uh, the dates on there are going to give away that it's been a minute, but there are still links to their books and stuff at Amazon, and feel free to check those out as well. Uh, lots of great uh, information and materials, and again, as long as you're using those links, it does 
not only help to support the authors there and get you in touch with some great information, but it also continues to help support the show. So I know it's a big ask. I know I'm, I'm demanding, but just check it out and, you know, maybe buy something. If it's something you're going to buy anyway, might as well, right? All right, so here we are in the home stretch of tonight's broadcast. Just a little bit of time left, and uh, we're back to a topic involving Confederate statues. Mm. Now, you know how I feel about it at this point, or at least if you're a, uh, a semi-regular uh, listener. You don't have to be a long-time listener to know. We've been addressing this topic pretty consistently for a few years now. Well... Let's revisit the Charlottesville Robert E. Lee statue, shall we? <sighs> Once again, uh, from the Daily Wire, here is the article. Uh, John uh, Rigazzo? I'm, I'm sorry, John, I mispronounced it. I'm butchering your last name. But uh, John over the Daily Wire. <laughs> I think there's a couple of Johns over there right now. But anyway, here's the article. The statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee that formerly stood in the city of Charlottesville, Virginia, will be donated to an African-American heritage organization where it will be melted down and turned into another public piece of art. Now, the city council of Charlottesville voted unanimously four to nothing. I kind of figured that's what unanimous means. Uh, to donate the bronze uh, statue of Lee which was removed by the city in July, donation to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center, whose initiative, Swords into Plowshares, received the support of people and organizations, including the descendants of enslaved communities at the University of Virginia, as well as descendants of slaves who worked at Monticello, the home of Thomas Jefferson. The organization will also inform the public of the project's development via a community engagement process. The organization raised some $590,000 to finance the project. Quoting here, Our hope with swords into plowshares is to create something that transforms what was once toxic in our public space into something beautiful that can be more reflective of our entire community's social values. This from the Jefferson School's Executive Director, Andrea Douglas. She continued saying, We're giving people opportunities to engage with our own narratives and our own histories. The project offers a roadmap to other communities to do the same. Now, CNN reported that the statue will be taken to a foundry to be melted down sometime early next year. It will be turned into bronzed ingots that will then be used to create the new statue. Uh, Douglas again quoting here, we'll do that immediately. It's the first thing we're going to do. They're going to melt that bad boy down. Robert E. Lee's got to go. Now, Douglas also added that she hopes to have the project completed by 2024, the 100th anniversary of the unveiling of the Lee statue in the first place. Quoting here, 
Douglas talking to CNN. I think the goal for us when we started this process was to take something that has been traumatic in our community, a symbol of racism, and turn it into something that can cause our community to heal. We're hoping that this process will be the complete antithesis to the process that put the statue in our community to begin with. The statue was at the center of the Unite the Right white nationalist rally back in 2017. And the Charlottesville City Council voted in June also unanimously to remove the statue of Lee, as well as another statue of General Thomas Stonewall Jackson. The statues were taken down in July. And uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in Virginia, the statue of Robert E. Lee in the Capitol in Richmond, it was also taken down back in September. Outgoing Democratic Governor Ralph Northam ordered the pedestal on which the statue stood to be removed uh, this past Sunday. The land on which the statue stood was also given to the city of Richmond. So here's the deal. Obviously, I have a problem with this. And the problem, it probably doesn't matter to the folks of Charlottesville. And that's okay. But here's the thing. The people in Charlottesville should only care about what's going on in their town, and they shouldn't be subject to the whims of outside forces. I personally believe that historical statues need to be left where they are. That it would be perfectly acceptable in my mind to add uh, an additional plaque if you want to start a discussion. But to be honest, and uh, as completely historically accurate as you can be with the individuals who are being depicted. If you want to look at Nathan Bedford Forrest, horrific man, horrible, uh, barely, barely even could be called a man. He was such an evil and detestable individual that I'm not certain he had any humanity in him, at least until he was on his deathbed and acknowledged publicly at that point that he had been wrong all of those years. But Robert E. Lee was not a particular racist. He wasn't fighting to maintain slavery. Now, people who were in the Confederate government, they might have very well said, yeah, slavery is, is very important. We're going we're gonna to keep it. That's part of, that's part of our constitution here. So, yeah, everybody who fought for the great technically were fighting for those individuals, those very corrupt individuals, to try and keep slavery. But but that wasn't the reason these people went to war. It wasn't the reason people fought. Robert E. Lee was a great U.S. Army general. He was a tactician. He was a great man individually. He had tremendous character. And he would have been heading up the Union forces had he simply said he could not raise arms against his home state of Virginia. Now, if you want to say that what he did was wrong, you can have that argument, but you need to have that conversation. You need to have that debate in reasonable tones. Don't don't yell at one another. And you need to understand both 
the common practices of the time and how unfair it is to try and judge somebody based on how we look at things today because that's not how it was looked at then. But when you do look at it honestly, you can see how forward-thinking George Washington was, Thomas Jefferson was, and Robert Lee was. You can see that. Ulysses S. Grant is now uh, one of the people targeted for being canceled. Got to take his statues down, too, because he received a slave as part of a dowry thing, which he didn't want, wanted no part of. You should not blame him for what somebody else did in his behalf. George Washington, he didn't free slaves because in the state of Virginia at that time, the law, it was the only way to protect those people, the people that were on the plantation, the people who were considered to be slaves. But all that's history that you can look up if you want to find original documents. You can find it. I don't have to argue that point. The point is, whether it is George Washington, whether it's Thomas Jefferson, whether it's Christopher Columbus, whether it's Ulysses S. Grant, whether it's Theodore Roosevelt, whether it's uh, freaking Winston Churchill, whoever you're trying to tear down right now, they were put up for a reason. And that reason was we saw something that they did. We saw greatness in something that they did. And somebody somewhere thought what they did was worthy of remembrance and honoring. If you're going to judge everyone on how perfect they have to be, then there should be statues of no one. There is only one person that's ever walked this earth who can legitimately claim perfection. And that's whose birthday we're going to be celebrating here in just a couple of weeks. Anybody else, they can't make the claim. They weren't perfect. We all have our shortcomings. We all have our flaws. You can find some reason, some excuse to not put up that portrait of me in the state hall in the capital of Nashville. It's real easy. All you have to do is dig a little, and then you've got your excuse. But that's the thing. It's just an excuse. When what we need to be doing is saying, okay, this person did, despite all their flaws, did a really good thing at this point. And that's worth remembering. That makes them worth remembering. And we'll have that conversation for two reasons. Number one, to see that somebody who did this bad thing was still capable of this good thing. So you don't have to make perfection the enemy of the good. You need to understand this concept. This is part of how Americans get to come together again. But you also get to understand and see how far we've come from that point in time. How much shared history we have together. How much American greatness has been moving to a point where there is true equality. Not equity, equality. And equality should be the goal you're looking for. If you're looking for equity, then you're looking for somebody to hand you something for nothing. And nothing can be valued. Nothing can have true worth if it's just handed to you. Very few human beings are capable of truly appreciating anything that's just given. But equality requires effort. If you want equity, you need to earn your equity in whatever it is you're trying to get that equity in. And you need to recognize the path we've gone down together, how much better we are now, how much closer we are to living up to the promises first made by the founders of this great nation. 
we haven't always lived up to it, and we occasionally backslide. We're in the middle of an authoritarian regime uh, and administration right now. Major backstep. The world is a much more dangerous place right now because of it. And that is by design. It is not a flaw. It is not a bug. It is the design. It is the purpose. Make no mistake. If you doubt that for a second, you haven't been paying attention. You don't have to take my word for it. All you have to do is look around and apply some critical thinking. Maybe they're not intentionally trying to destroy the country, but if you were intentionally trying to destroy the country, what could you do that would be worse than what's being done right now? If you can't think of anything, then maybe you need to rethink the premise. Robert E. Lee is not someone who deserves to be forgotten from history, especially in Virginia, especially in Charlottesville, Virginia, his hometown. He is now, and under a more American version of this nation continuing, should forever be the most famous person to come from Charlottesville. Because he, he was faced with a hard choice to, to stand up for the country for which he believed in, that he was willing to die for, or to put his love of his home state of Virginia above that of that whole nation that he once believed in. That's a tough spot to be in. You have to stand on your principles. And sometimes when you're standing on your principles, you're standing alone. Sometimes the choice you're making is something that no one else can even understand. And even if you explain it to them, they don't get it. I'm standing up for Virginia because I'm a Virginian. Not because I believe in the Confederacy, not because I believe in what the Confederacy is standing for and representing, but because I will not raise arms against my family and my neighbors and my fellow Virginians. I don't want to raise arms against any American period, but I absolutely will not raise arms against my fellow Virginians. And that's a tough stance to make at that point in time, especially when you personally believe the things that he did. And there is no amount of healing that is going to come from melting the statue down and turning it into some new piece of art. No healing is going to come from that. That statue wasn't about representing the values of the community today. That statue was about remembering the, the past, remembering our shared history, and being able to discuss both the positives that exist from this nation from its inception and those negatives. It's a perfect jumping off point to talk about where we've made our mistakes before. So hopefully we learn not to make those mistakes again. When you don't remember that past, you are guaranteed to repeat those mistakes. Back to George Orwell. Back to rewriting the history in favor of what Big Brother wants you to believe. It's dangerous. It's unwise. And it is a concerted effort to further dumb down the average citizen. They're trying to keep you ignorant. They, they don't want you walking through a city park and saying, hey, who was that guy? Well, let's read the fact. 
Robert E. Lee, a Confederate general from here? Really? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Well, uh, it's more nuanced than that. When it comes to the people that actually wore those gray uniforms, most of them never even came close to owning a slave. In their minds, they were fighting for their homes. It doesn't matter. They were on the wrong side. It does matter. It should matter. But more to the point, we can't lose this history. The more you do this type of behavior, we are losing that history. And once that's forgotten, then it's really easy to convince people of things like the 1619 Project instead of uh, legitimate history. It's really easy to convince people that racial essentialism is a real thing instead of an imagined thing. An explanation for their imagined slights. A way to keep us divided instead of letting us actually heal. The Unite the Right rally that was a, a white supremacist effort to take. They weren't the ones that started that rally. It was local people that initially planned a rally because they wanted to save the Robert E. Lee statue. They wanted to keep it right where it was. And then the event got hijacked by white supremacists. And then it got even worse when the counter-protest started. And then the one guy ends up plowing through a crowd and ended up killing uh, a young lady. All horrible events and all horrible events that have been used to make political hay for Democrats and to attack Donald J. Trump multiple times. Because they don't play the full quote, just the part where he says, well, there were very fine people on both sides. Well, there were very fine people on both sides, not the Unite the Right folks, but the actual citizens of Charlottesville who they didn't see this as an emblem of white supremacy. They didn't see it as an emblem of the Confederacy. They saw this as a historical figure from that town. And that statue was a great place to start the conversation. And that conversation has to encompass more than just how it makes you feel or how sensitive you may about something. It has to encompass how far we've come, how much better this country is now than it was then, how much closer we are to fulfilling the promises made by the founders. And yes, we are closer than ever before. And unfortunately, we've had some serious backsteps since Barack Obama took office. I don't know what it was about putting that man in office, but suddenly we go from uh, moving forward in a very equitable fashion to taking some major steps back and what race relations went to crap. What is up? That's not, that's not this country. I think this is a mistake, but it's a done deal and there's nothing we, to be done about it now. It's, it's finished. We'll continue to follow the story. We'll see what this new art is and we'll talk about that too when the time's right. And at the end of the day, I'm a guy who's not from Charlottesville, so my input really shouldn't matter to the community. But if you're somebody in a community that has a similar situation going on, fight to keep the history right where it is. Just fight to, to make sure that we can discuss it. In the meanwhile, that's going to have to be it for today. Uh, please, thank you so much for being here, as always. Uh, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And more importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap 
into the truth. In the meanwhile, you guys out there, stay safe, uh, stay healthy if you can, and be smart even if it goes against your nature. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah.